You know, I really got into it from watching uh, shows like Unsolved Mysteries. That was my absolute favorite, you know, because uh, there's nothing creepier than, than Robert Stack. And so... <laughs> Oh, no, not at all. I made you probably focus a lot on Brushy, but it's okay. No, that's, that's actually great because Brushy is one of my favorite places to investigate. And I, I just think that's so cool that, you know, you uh, heard that story from them. And, uh, and it's you. Yeah. What? Crazy. And then now to hear those stories about how they actually had the murders in the cafeteria, it, it's just, it's just mind blowing. Welcome to the dark side of travel. So you've dared to come jaunt with me. Thank you. Let me introduce myself. I'm Courtney Morocco. Ambassador of Dark and Paranormal Tourism for Haunt Jaunts, a destination for restless spirits who dig hauntings, true crime, horror, Halloween, and weird days. I'll be your host and guide for this listening adventure. Looks like we've been cleared for takeoff, so buckle up, sit back, and enjoy the ride. Hey everybody, so you might have noticed with me, well, if you're watching, because I'll post this on YouTube, if you're listening, you're like, what the hell are you talking about? It's just you talking, but with me today is Miranda Young? Yes. Okay, good. <laughs> For a second, I thought, oh my gosh, I don't know if I have a right last name, um, <laughs> but she's, so do you do just do ghost biker explorations or ghost biker or... Um, well, the the uh, web series is Ghost Biker Explorations. They call me Ghost Biker um, just because, you know, I hunt ghosts and ride my motorcycle. But um, I added the explorations so that it didn't, well, because, you know, I'm out exploring different locations. But uh, also because, you know, that way it could kind of set the episodes uh, that I share online apart. So it's the explorations of uh, me on my motorcycle. That's awesome. Oh my gosh. And so my very, very, very first question for you is what's scarier, riding in traffic with crazy people on your bike or ghosts? Probably in traffic. <laughs> yeah, that is a very good question because, you know, it just seems like people don't watch. And, um, you know, just like they don't listen very well sometimes whenever you're dealing with the paranormal, uh, people don't watch when you're out on the street. Oh my gosh, that's crazy. And so have you, have you ridden your whole life? Did you grow up doing it? I didn't. My parents were never into motorcycles or anything. Where I come from, uh, most people ride ATVs and four-wheelers, side-by-sides. Um, we've got some really big adventure parks there. And uh, so, you know, I always grew up, um, the only two wheels I was on was a bicycle. Because uh, mom and dad was never really into it. Because there was so many accidents and stuff with people on ATVs. Oh. And so, yeah, but I always had a desire. I wanted to ride since I was four. Uh, one of my favorite, yeah, one of my favorite toys as a kid was a little, like, little Hot Wheels Sportsters. Yeah, so, um, 
so I said one day I was going to ride, and uh, I started riding just before I turned 30, so I've been riding about 10 years now. <laughs> You're somewhere around 40? I will be 40 this year. Yeah. Wow. You don't look at it at all, so that's good. <laughs> well, thank you. Good. It must be all that fresh air. That's what it rough. is. It keeps well, you you've got a helmet on, right? But still, it's the fresh air going around there. <laughs> it is, you know, um, I always wanted to ride, but, uh, you know, I really got the opportunity um, when when I was 29, I thought, you know, I want to do this. And so I went and took uh, the safety course and uh, ended up getting my getting my license and uh, riding. So I love that. I stay on the bike ever since, you know, if there's something you want to do, I, I talk to a lot of women who um, are just learning to ride or are actually afraid to ride. They've always wanted to, but don't really either know how to get started or are afraid to. And uh, my advice is, you know, just do it and uh, go out, find, you know, a nice safe place to learn. But if you've always wanted to just, just be mindful and, and go out and do it. That's awesome advice. And I love that it was in your blood and you followed your passion. Yeah. And absolutely. so, and then now, so now we know how you got on your bike. And for those who are listening to this, we're not live, but this is going to, you know, when I put it up. Um, so for those who, who are, um, if you're listening right now, instead of watching, Miranda's in a really cool garage that she's kind of got set up to, uh, I mean, I guess it's for your bike and probably where you work on your bike, I assume. I do. But and she's also got her Ghost Biker Explorations banner in the back. That's too. right. Oh, that's it's right. so cool. That logo's rocked. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. I actually designed that myself. Uh, in my adult day job, I am uh, a marketing director and graphic designer. So, uh -uh. Uh, yes, so all the stuff you see on there as far as... Uh, the ads and different stuff that's put out. I do all the design and uh, promotion work myself. Dang, that explains. I mean, I thought maybe you hired, but you're mm -hmm. it's you. It's me. Yeah. You you are the pro in multiple. <laughs> <laughs> you wear many hats. I do, I do, and uh, you know that's what's been so cool about this project is, you know, I'm I'm very blessed to be able to have the opportunity or the knowledge to be able to do some of this stuff on my own, and so it gives me a lot of freedom uh, to be able to do that, and then also to do things kind of the way that I want to do them, and uh, you know it's it's been really fun doing that, starting it from the ground up, starting it from scratch, and uh, seeing it grow into what it's grown into. That's awesome. And what about, um, how did you get into the paranormal? Like, uh, how well, do you, you merge know, these two passions? <laughs> well, you know, like a lot of people say, they've been in the paranormal for a long time. I've been into it since I was a kid, but, you know, I really got into it from watching uh, shows like Unsolved Mysteries. That was my absolute favorite, you know, because uh, there's nothing creepier than, than Robert Stack. And so <laughs> I can remember getting creeped out by that as a kid. And so I always had, you know, that that curiosity for um, the paranormal. And my grandmother, um, who was, you know, she always told me stories about growing up in the Appalachian Mountains and the, the mountain haints. 
you know, and so she shared a lot of those stories. So between that and then just, you know, just being curious about it, I did what I could to further my knowledge in it as far as reading a bunch of uh, folklore. And, you know, I'm really into just the, um, the smaller, lesser known places that just have this, you know, the stories that a lot of people haven't really heard, or maybe the people in the local areas have heard rather than, you know, nationally known. Exactly. And so, um, so about 10 years ago, I joined a team and um, I was approached by the leader of that team because of my background in photography. Um, we actually worked at the same place. He worked in HR and he saw my resume and that my background was uh, with with uh, Olin Mills photography. So, yeah, so he sent me uh, some pictures. He asked if I'd be interested in looking at some pictures to maybe try to debunk uh, some of the things that they had found on investigations. And so it just started as a couple pictures and grew into a lot of pictures. And so to pay me back, he invited me on some investigations. And of course, like a lot of folks, I had uh, seen on a lot of the paranormal entertainment shows, um, the different, you know, investigations, everything from ghost adventures to ghost hunters. And so, so I was really intrigued about actually going on a real investigation. And um, I had a lot of luck, had a lot of activity occur during our first investigation. And so they invited me on another and then, in, and then I joined the team. And so uh, I found that, you know, we would hit, we would do a lot of residential, and then we would also hit uh, a lot of the more known commercial locations. And so um, through that, I ended up on, on the weekends and such, doing a lot of traveling on my motorcycle. And I would just kind of go in and research and seek out these lesser known locations when I wasn't with the team. And so uh, I was doing a lot of that pretty much about every weekend. Ooh. And um, so I was talking to my friend who's a videographer, my, my co-producer on my show. And he was like, you know, why don't you document this through video? Um, a lot of people might be interested in it. And then I was getting a lot of interest on, in my photos that I would post online. A lot of people were saying, you know, what's the story behind this? What's going on at this location? And so when I would post those pictures, I would try to tell a story behind it. So I thought, you know, he's right. I ought to go and put these, uh, put these into video format and really tell the story behind it and show the investigation. So through that, I sat down and really wanted to decide what the best approach for releasing the episodes were. Because I wanted to do something a little bit different than what some other investigators are doing out there. Um, you know, a lot of the time they'll go investigate a location, they'll put a video together, and then they'll just kind of release it. There's really no rhyme or reason as to why and when they release the video. I guess it's just whenever they get it done. So my goal was to set it up like a television show. Uh, you know, my, my brain is always thinking marketing. And so, um, so I thought what I want to do is create these episodes that are, you know, right around 20 minutes long because that's usually about the average attention span of a person. And so 20 to 30 minutes, keep it to where, you know, my philosophy is keep it like a woman's skirt, make it short enough to still get attention, but long enough to cover all the important parts. So, 
<laughs> so that's what that's was my philosophy in creating this was I wanted something where I would have enough time to actually talk about why I was at this location, talk about the town uh, that I'm in since you know I'm on a bike and travel is so important and then actually tell the story as to why I'm there and then show the investigation in in the episode so um, it's a challenge to get that down to about 20 minutes but um, we still range between 20 and 40 it just you know depends on the location that I'm at and um, and then I wanted to release it around a certain time to where people would know okay it's nine o'clock on a Tuesday night. I know Miranda's going to release an episode. So, um, so I looked at when my analytics were on my page when most people was watching, and that was on Tuesday nights at nine, and uh, set it up for October because you know October is the ultimate okay. scary month, <laughs> exactly. And uh, and then just started releasing different uh, types of advertising to promote it. Um, I actually didn't tell anyone when I was doing the first season other than of course my co-producer and uh, really just because there was you know it kind of helped not have a lot of pressure you know because people didn't know about it and then about a month before I started uh, advertising by doing countdowns, uh, media uh, drops and uh, released it and it had some really good success. Uh, surprised me with it so much to where I was spending so much time doing this that I, I stepped away from the team because you know I didn't feel like I, I was able to, I did a whole lot with the team. I did their marketing and did their videos and such and I felt like it wasn't fair to them to be committed to that role and um, and I felt like it also wouldn't be fair to myself to not pursue this and so because again you know what's better than combining your two passions of motorcycling and the paranormal so I thought I really need to try to explore this and see where I can go with it and uh, yeah and then after the, the first season took off so well that last year was pretty much non-stop work uh, trying to get the second season together. Oh, so. so exciting. And so did the second season come out yet? Yes, the second season dropped. We, we went ahead and did the October drop. Okay. And uh, yes, yeah, so the second season came out last October. And then was it, I might be getting it confused with Christy. <laughs> Is there a trailer or a teaser trailer? Is that for hers or for, for you guys? Uh, I have... Uh, all of mine is now I think she has a teaser trailer that she put out as her cover but um, yes we did um, we did teaser trailers the very first season um, that was the first thing I dropped was a teaser trailer because okay. I didn't even tell anybody you know that I just said I'd been working on a big project didn't even tell them anything about motorcycle paranormal um, and then I just continued on the weekends to post pictures of places I had been just kind of going on as normal and then uh, I did a podcast and then dropped the trailer after the podcast. And so uh, last year we did another trailer, dropped it about a month out before uh, before everything was. Yeah, we really try to do a big build up because it really does generate excitement about what's coming up and give little kind of teasers uh, in the advertisements and stuff. That's cool. And so will your third... The with, with the next one coming up be your third season? It will, correct. So you're already 
probably already rolling in that and actually i did some filming for season three last year as oh. well so i have some stuff already but you know how it is being an investigator you know you can't stay away very long so even though i've got some stuff filmed i've got some coming up that i'm going to need to uh uh do this year i've got some scheduled so if they don't make it for this year then they'll just carry into the next oh. and uh this year is actually i'm doing some different things i've expanded um, and doing not just the episodes, but also doing blogs. Um, I've been posting some survey questions on my page to kind of get a feel for what the people who watch my episode, kind of what they like, you know, do they like the history? Do they like more paranormal? Um, you know, just different things that, uh, just to kind of see what they would like. Because, oh. yeah, because some people want them to be longer. Um, you know, but I don't want to make them too long because, you know, you want to keep people's attention. attention. Yeah. 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 So, um, and is that on your Facebook page? That's on the Facebook page. Okay. Yes. And it would be ghost biker explorations that people would find you there. Right. Yes. Yes. And then are you on Twitter? I know you're on Instagram, but I, yes. I didn't know if that was public consumption or. It is. It is. Um, I am on Twitter, but unfortunately, that's the social media that I'm lacking in. Yeah, me uh, too. <laughs> it's yeah, hard, yeah. right? I don't know why it that is. one seems hard to me, but. I, you know, I don't know. I mean, Instagram is kind of obvious because, I mean, you know, I take photos and photos. everything. So <laughs> it's, it's easy. And uh, I like Facebook because I'm able to really interact with people who watch the show and and I like being able to find out what people like and what I could do better and just kind of see what's out there so that's why I really like Facebook because I am very active on there okay. um, and then of course you can see the episodes on YouTube as well oh that's right that's right I'm glad you brought that up because I was that's the one I wanted to say where people can watch but so do yeah. you put the the videos also on your Facebook I do. I yeah. brought. I put it on both. Uh, put it on Facebook. I put it on YouTube, and I also put them on my website. Oh, oh! You have a website too. That's right. Okay. Yes, that's right. So there's all these things. I want to make sure to promote, promote, promote. See, I'm <laughs> lacking in the marketing. So if you see it, just jump in there with you. <laughs> well, you know what's really cool is this. The second season, um, I was able to really do a lot of marketing for it. Of course people knew from the last year, but um, I actually did a podcast media tour leading up to it where I reached out, you know, I, I find that a lot of the people who watch my episodes are from our bikers um, and people who aren't necessarily, they're more history buffs and they're not necessarily into the paranormal, but they've gotten into it because they're like, oh, well, this is interesting finding out about these places. And so then they get interested in the paranormal after seeing the investigations. So, um, so I found, I did a little experiment and I did some podcasts that were, I did paranormal. I did, um, biker, uh, podcast, which was really fun, um, because I was talking to people who really had never gone on investigations. And then, um, and then I kind of hit some general interest, uh, comedy, or just general topic podcasts and all of it was a blast because and I got to say I met some really cool people because you know 
they they were genuinely interested in what what I was doing and um, so it was it was a really cool experiment and and got a lot of people to watch the show through that so I, I even went on a couple local radio stations in uh, Chattanooga and promoted the show that way so so did this just whole you know media blitz when it came to advertising which which really paid off that's awesome and that's cool too because I'm up in Nashville and you're down somewhere near Chattanooga right or are yes. you in Chattanooga I'm near Chattanooga okay yes. and um I I have a funny story so I I don't think I've told everybody who's listening I'm I'm acting like they're gonna know but Christy Sumner of Soul Sisters Paranormal did I say that all right Yes. Sometimes my mouth and my brain, one goes <laughs> faster than the other. But um, she's who introduced us and said, hey, you got to check out Miranda. She's amazing. So we, I do this other podcast that I want you on also with my friends, Dee Dee and Sarah on a hot mess. Mm-hmm. And um, we just had talked to Chris this week. And she was saying, you know, we were talking, somehow Brushy Mountain came up. I don't know what, mm-hmm. what she brought up from that. So I was like, oh, yeah, yeah, I've been there, I've been there. So when we went, <laughs> the guy, the, the, the guard, the ex-guard that gave us the tour was showing us, um, or not show, well, he was showing at the same time, but he had a, vo- a, a voice recording mm-hmm. that, or I don't know if it was on, I don't know what it was. I remember hearing it. I don't really remember. I remember seeing whatever he was holding, but now I don't remember what he was holding. But he said, so this lady came in here and she stayed overnight in this cell and this is what she caught, and she he showed he played the CVP, and it really stuck in my head. Well, a couple of things stuck because first of all, it was a single lady staying the night by herself. I was like, that girl's got some <laughs> and, then, <laughs> and my husband at the same time was getting sick, but it wasn't like cold or flu. It turned out later, I believe he was having like some kind of reaction down there, which was interesting because once we left, mm-hmm. he got better, but it really hit him hard. And, and I didn't know it, but it was all when this whole EVP thing was going out. So uh-huh. then Chris was saying, so I started telling her that she goes, that's Miranda. And I was oh. like, you gotta be kidding. <laughs> so now you just feel free to talk about Brushy because that was awesome. And that place seems very, um, wild but I don't know if it was or if that's all you had or I don't know no I I had a lot I've actually investigated brushy this was my sixth time uh yeah my first episode of season two um was on brushy mountain and I actually have I did a flashback to when I slept there and actually show that whole group of EVPs um you know so so a little bit of background on that I actually grew up about 30 miles north of brushy and um so I'm real familiar with that area my folks still live up there and and uh, I go and visit them and so um What's a funny story about that is when I was in high school, uh, they would take the senior class to Brushy Mountain. Now, Brushy was functioning at that time. And so they would take the senior class, anyone that was over 18, and let them go to Brushy for a day, which is a very strange, um, (laughs) 
kind of a very bizarre field trip. Was that like a scared straight, like you're out of high school, don't go bad now or something? I think that had to be what it was. Um, but that was a very interesting experience because I was one of about five girls that actually went on that trip. And, you know, it was like, why not? You know, um, because again, I've always been fascinated by the different locations. And so went for the day and that was in 98 and of course they closed down in 2008 and um so i always wanted to get in there from that point on and investigate and see because you could even when it was functioning you could feel just the intensity of the place oh. and i'm not talking about just with the prisoners but just you knew some stuff went down in there wow. and so, um, so I did my first investigation there in 2014. Um, I don't believe it opened to the public as a uh, tourist destination until I believe it was 2018, mid 2018 when I think it opened. I think and right so, there. yeah, so at that time they didn't even have the restaurant built um, or the distillery. They didn't have any of that done when I stayed there for the first time. And so I got a couple really good EVPs at that point, and I was with the team at that point. But um, I had a really good one in the hole. Uh, I was in there with two other ladies, um, two of the ladies that ran the paranormal uh, investigations there. Uh, I was investigating with them, and we got a very intelligent voice um, when we were in there that said they're back. And there was no men in there, and he was clearly male, uh, sounded African-American. Um, and so, and that's what they say, one of the spirits that's in that area um, is, is a guy named G uh, that, um, you know, people will get EVPs from. So, so I got that the very first time. Well, we had so much activity, they actually invited us back for a Easter weekend experience. They wanted to experiment. They invited several of their, their favorite teams that had investigated and thought, let's see if anything happens over Easter weekend. And so um, since I'm from that area, I went the first night. They had two nights. And so I went up. The, the rest of the team wasn't able to go until um, that Saturday. And so I investigated then, and it was just myself and two other ladies that was on the property because as you know from being there it's it's a big complex and so um the base camp area is right there where you walk in so that's oh, okay equipment set up yeah so um we'd investigated most of the night and one of my things that i like to do when i go to different locations is i like to sleep in them um, so I'll investigate as long as I can, but then, you know, a lot of the time I'm traveling, so I have to get a little bit of sleep. And um, so I had decided, you know, I'm going to pick a cell or pick a location and sleep a couple hours. And so those two ladies stayed back at base camp. And um, so we were the only three people in the entire complex, no men. Um, and they were locked up inside there. So um, when I was walking around, um, I, it just, something just called out to me, sleep in this area, you know. So I thought the hole would be great for that. 
and uh, so yeah, I took my stuff and and um, you know slept. I think I slept about three and a half hours in there. And out of that three and a half hours, I got a good solid three minutes and twelve seconds, I believe, of just what I would call Class A EVPs. Um, you know the uh, heavy footsteps, and I didn't know this was happening. So. As you know, inside of the hole there, um, there's a lot of echo, and the, the beds inside are, they're just metal cots. And so um, I took a sleeping bag, and the thing that I was honestly, at the time, the most most afraid of was uh, they have a lot of rattlesnakes. Oh, yeah. what time of year was it? Uh, it was Easter, so it was in April. Oh, are yeah. the rattlesnakes out yet then? Uh, not usually. It just depends on how warm it is, you know, because, you know, here oh, in yeah, Tennessee. Oh, yeah, because it could it can, be, could be yeah. 90 degrees, or yeah, it could it, be snowing. <laughs> exactly. We still get snow up into uh, April. So, um, so, yeah, I remember when we were touring earlier that day, one of the, uh, the girls had said, we, we looked in, there's like a little air vent right there, or a little drainage vent. And there were bird bones in there. And so um, she said, yeah, she said, uh, oh, well, it looks like the rattlesnakes have been yeah. eating well. So I didn't even think about that when I was going to sleep in there. And I took my, my um, sleeping bag, laid it out on a cot. And again, you know, you got to remember this was before they had been doing all of the work. Uh, I mean, they've been doing a little, but they hadn't been doing too much construction. And so I took my shoes off and I got in the bed and I remember I was sitting there thinking, you know, I need to check my boots in the morning and make sure that uh, there's no snake in there. And so that was what I was the most concerned about when I was laying in the cot. Uh, but of course, as you know, now they've, they've really done a lot of work there at the prison. So um, it's not as big of a concern. But, um, yeah, I really had no idea. I did keep kind of waking up a little bit, but when I went out, I was pretty much out for the most part after a series of waking up. And I think I had, I, I, I list in my episode how long it was in between um, each of the episodes. I had a, a video camera on me sleeping and a recorder. And so that was where I caught uh all of that and I caught everything from the heaviest footsteps I've ever heard and I was wearing Converse tennis shoes so um, you know I don't know there was no one there that was wearing boots you oh. know so um, yeah and of course the girls were asleep there at the base camp so and I caught everything from the heavy footsteps and something telling me not night apparently to, um, you know, something that sounded like the dryers, uh, you know, dryer doors have a distinct sound yeah. and um, that metal door closing. And there's something at one point, it sounds like a dryer going. And to be completely honest, you know, I had not actually even been upstairs. I didn't even realize that laundry was upstairs. Oh, yeah, because I investigated, I investigated the hole a lot, and then I investigated death row, and then inside of the main prison the majority of that night. So, um, yeah, so we got that, and then something that sounded like a ball 
being, I, I don't know what it was, but to me it sounded like somebody just kind of just bouncing a ball against the wall. Just that constant, just that, you know, so. Whoa. Yeah, it was. And I mean, some I, of and the, I think it was the night night. I think I think that's the, was. what the guy played. And I remember everybody. It was like you could feel the collective hush, and then the you know, like because it yeah. was it, it's extreme. Like a lot of times with EVPs, I'm like, what do they think they hear? Not that one. That's a extremely distinct one. That's probably one of the best EVPs that I've ever gotten. Oh my gosh! Um, and after I heard it, you know, it it was one of those things where, of course, I came back later that evening and investigated that night with the team, and then I've been back to Brushy a couple times since. I've not slept in there since that uh, since that happened, but it was one of those things when I heard it, I, I instantly got that excited rush and then sort of kind of sick feeling a little bit because it was just so eerie you know and uh, so it was unlike anything I'd ever really caught before and I really feel like the reason and I've caught some really good stuff while I've been sleeping there and at other locations and the only reason I can really think that is because um, you know, it, it takes a whole lot to really kind of freak me out. I'm pretty calm about most stuff because, I mean, obviously, you're going ghost hunting. So, you know, why get scared or freaked out when you hear something? Because that's what you're there for. Um, so a lot doesn't really bother me. I'm pretty level-headed about it. But I think I get a lot whenever I sleep because I feel like that's when you're in one of your most vulnerable states. That makes sense. You know? Yeah, that's that's my reasoning for it is, you know, your, your guard is down. So I always have a video camera and a recorder on me and then just kind of let it do its thing, you know, and uh, see if the activity is any different or heightened at all whenever you're just kind of there, you know. That's so smart. Would yeah. you, so would you spend the night alone again there, do you think, in the hole at Brush? Yeah, yeah, I would. Um, and, you know, and I feel like what was really cool about this, so um, the Brushy episode that I aired uh, for season one uh, was actually a collaboration with Dr. Sumner and uh, Soul Sisters. So, um, you know, so it was kind of cool because I went back and was investigating with all women you know and we did a little bit separate and then we investigated some together but while I was in the hole um, something clearly I got two really excellent EVPs when I was in there that that last time which would have been last July when we filmed that and it actually there was something that said I believe it said um, come back into the corner and it was clear as can be we actually heard it with our own ears and we were lucky enough to be able to pick it up on the recorder as well so so we address it in the video and i go in there and we actually get responses and it was the cell i slept in so um it was pretty crazy yeah wow and was it just so i'm was it the very first cell that you slept uh, in 
No, it was so when you're going in, if I'm not mistaken, I think there's four cells. Four I think or three. Five. Yeah, something like that. Yeah, mine was so if you go all the way to the back, it was not the last one, but it was the second to the last. Okay, okay. Yeah. So I was, I believe I was not, I, I mean, I know it was mistaken on that. I thought for some reason it was the very first one, but that's no. good to know. So now I yeah. know. That's yeah, so exciting. I actually, you know, I should have tried to see which one, you know, maybe ask questions about which one to sleep in. But honestly, I slept in the one that had the cleanest, uh, <laughs> cleanest cot <laughs> in there. Because <laughs> some of them did have feathers and different things inside of the, uh, yeah, inside of the little cots that were, and when I say cots, they, there was no mattress or anything. It was just the frame. The frame, so, yeah. Yeah, so they had stuff in the frame and I don't know if that was from snakes or from what it was from so so honestly I picked the one that uh was the nicest <laughs> and what about the cafeteria did you have any the cafeteria was actually really cool that was where I saw my very first and really uh you know the the best shadow figure that I've ever seen and that actually happened that second night uh, on the second night, there were four other teams there. And so, because um, like I said, it was on Easter and they had invited. Oh, uh, that's right. yeah. Yes. And so, um, of course, I was kind of tired from where I'd investigated all night the night before. But um, yes, we were in there. And of course, nobody had cameras rolling at that point, which mm -hmm. tends to be the way, you know, a lot of it works. <laughs> Yeah, and we had actually just gotten off of a live at that location. And so we got off the live and we were sitting there. And what's really cool about it is we didn't know this when it was actually happening, but we were sitting there. And of course, I always wear a mobile recorder on me because, you know, that way I start it from when I get there. And then I have other recorders that I'll, I'll sit down in different locations. So I had mine on me. And then there was two other ladies that were kind of sitting, one was across the room and one was, we were kind of in a triangle. So we were actually able to um, kind of triangulate where this voice was coming from, which was very cool. So, um, so we're sitting there talking and we have a flashlight sitting up and the flashlight had turned off. And so um, we said something about, you know, do you like being in the dark? Because it seemed like it, it wanted to be in the dark. And uh, we asked it to turn the light on. Of course, the light came on. And, and, you know, the cafeteria is real big. And, you know, they've got those pillars sitting there in the middle. And we had the flashlight sitting on a, on a pillar. And we also had other tools to go with it. But, you know, when a flashlight's beam comes out, uh, you get, um, you've got really dark areas back in the shadows and you've got where it casts the light onto the ground in front. So it's kind of got this ray of, of light that's coming out to it. And uh, just before we, um, just before this happened, we got this voice that says, watch this. And it was just this creepy male, just watch this. And we heard it really loud on mine, and the other two girls actually captured it on theirs. And we didn't know when this happened that we had caught this voice. And so right after you hear, watch this, 
you hear us all on the recorder just screaming and going crazy because right at that moment, the, the best way I can describe it is it's almost like a little tornado on the ground. You, you kind of start to see this, this spinning of, of dust just kind of just twirling around. And that was what I noticed and several of the others. But you actually saw a, I'm trying to think if I can explain this to where it makes sense. When it crossed in front of the flashlight, that beam of light that was on the ground, you actually see a head and shoulders stroll across the, the uh, flashlight beam. Wow. So, and so all I saw of the actual shadow figure was the twirling tornado on, on the ground. But then you see the shadow of the shadow figure, if that makes sense, yeah. in the light that was cast from that flashlight. And nine people saw this. That's what's insane about it is we were all just like, holy shit, you know, this is, this is, oh my gosh, you know, exactly. And I've never, I mean, I've never experienced anything like that. And for us all to see it. So on the recorder, you hear us go crazy, but you hear clearly this, watch this. And, you know, again, we didn't know that until it was going back and reviewing evidence. So we were able to find by triangulating the voice with the three recorders that it was closer to where I was on my side. And I was over probably maybe 30, 20, 20 feet, I guess, from the flashlight, I guess. And it just, yeah, it walked oh right in front gosh. of it. And we saw and but it, when it walked, it strolled which was wow. what was so crazy. I mean, for probably, I don't know, maybe 20 seconds, which is a long time in, yeah. you know, and so for all of us to see it, and, and of course, you know, it, it ends up just being a personal experience at that point when you don't yeah. have the video of it. But yeah, that's probably the craziest thing. And we had actually been listening to Native American chanting um, just before we got that. We were trying different exper experiments up there and uh, we were playing some um, Native American music just before it happened. Oh my gosh. That's, I think that is amazing. Like when, when we went, um, probably the cafeteria, I didn't, I didn't have any experiences and I'm not psychic or anything. I yeah. just felt a very mm -hmm. strong something in the cafeteria of all you know, all the places and even even our guard was telling us about, you know, a guy who got killed there and everything else or so I guess maybe a couple people died there. I just remember one was extremely violent and um, they did. Uh, a guy had gotten chopped up with a meat cleaver. Yes, that sounded horrible. Yeah. And what's crazy about that is when I went on the field trip there, um, they were actually going to have us kids eat in the cafeteria. And I was so nervous about that. And they actually had a fight break out while we were there. And so they decided to not let us uh, go and eat in the cafeteria. We oh, actually went to Hardy's down the street, but it was, <laughs> it crap. was crazy. And then now to hear those stories about how they actually had the murders in the cafeteria, it, it's just, it's just mind blowing. And did you know about the murders like back then or was that like as, as it's come out that you're like, oh, okay. Yeah, I had no idea about 
the different stuff that had occurred there. Wow. You know? yeah, yeah, that was a win. And I think it was like when we walked in, because it's kind of an impressive room and, it, and it's yeah. got all those murals. And I thought, yeah. I think the thing that struck me was that's it. That was their art that mm -hmm. they were exposed to every day. That's, did they like think, I think there's one of like a plantation home. Did they watch yes. that and think, oh, I'd like to be there. Like, did they imagine them? So, like, I just had a really intense reaction to that for some reason. It's, and then it's he started a, talking and I was like, what? It's, it's, it's a really mix of, um, of, I don't know, uh, feeling when you go in there because you have, you have these beautiful murals, beautiful artwork on the walls in this very dangerous, you know, kind of depressing location. And so, so it's a really mix of emotions that you'll feel in there. And I know when I go to a place, I try to sort of put myself, you know, it's like, how would I feel if I was here, you know, and if I was in and having to look at all of this, you know, so, so I, I totally know what you mean about that because it was everything from a plantation to wild animals. Yeah. And, yeah. And I think there was only one woman. I was trying to look and real quick before our guy had moved on. Mm -hmm. And um, I think there was only one woman on a wall. And she wasn't very, you know, suggestive or anything. Exactly. But I thought, oh my gosh, that's like the only lady that they would have to like really look at kind of. Yeah. And, you know, and since you mentioned that, I actually, you know, I always try to come up with different kinds of, of, uh, trigger items and stuff like that. I actually, one of the times, uh, I think it was the time before I filmed the episode there, um, I actually took a uh, Hustler magazine in because <laughs> I was like, you know, I mean, they used, they would barter for cigarettes. They would barter for porn and different things, you know, and so it was one of those things that they didn't have. So I thought, Let's see if that evokes Triggers. some kind of reaction. Yeah. yeah. And I actually got some pretty crazy stuff through that. Yeah. We actually had the, and, and you know, when I use tools, I don't rely on just one tool because, you know, a lot of the time they can do false positives. So, okay. so I always try to have multiple tools going at one time just so I can kind of verify, you know, I'll have my EDI box that measures the pressure and vibration and temperature change and stuff along with anything else just so if a flashlight's going off because I know different people have different feelings about the flashlights and the REM pods and everything um, but if you're getting a change in pressure and you know things like that it, it could suggest that there is something, something you know yeah. and so um, maybe not paranormal but at least something is going on and so uh, I was using the um, uh, periscope which I don't know if you're familiar with that but it's actually it, the design behind it is actually supposed to it goes off based on static electricity rather than um, I guess rather than like your you know phones will set stuff off uh, like with K2s and everything, this is supposed to take out some of the error when it comes to phones as wow. well as human touch, that sort of thing. Yeah, so it, it's a neat little tool. I can't get it to work very often, so when it does work, 
you know, it's one of those things where it's like, this could be something. But what was interesting about that was I had the book, and, and I apologize, I keep fixing my my headphones here. They keep Is wanting it? to come out of yeah, they keep wanting to pop out of my ears. They never stick in my ears either. I'm like, <laughs> no. So I apologize for anyone watching. I, I, <laughs> I don't have an ear problem. I'm just trying to fix these headphones. Um, but uh, you know, so so what I did was I went in one of the specific sales, and uh, it was one of the James's sales, and um, I had kind of opened the book. And you know, in those books, they've got everything from crazy pictures to articles to advertisements. And that Periscope was actually going off. And, and the way it's set up is it almost kind of looks like a helicopter blade. So oh. it's got a platform and then the whole top is round with these um, points that come out on each side and they're color coded. And so as it goes around, it, it will light up as it goes around. And so I was holding the book in front of it and on with that tool, it was uh, lighting up, it was pointing with one of the different era, I mean, one of the different uh, points on it to the picture it liked. <laughs> so, and when it wanted me to turn the page, it would go in like half of it would kind of light up. So I turned the page till it stopped. And I've never had it react like that before. And I've got that on video. I just haven't released it. But um, I've Will got that. Would that be in season three? It possibly. Could possibly. And so I've actually used that as a trigger item in different locations. Um, and uh, just to see, you know, when you go to somewhere, just, okay, you know, could this be something that would, would trigger a reaction? And uh, sometimes it works and sometimes it doesn't, but it's um, an interesting tool and it worked really well at Brushy. That's amazing. I love that. Oh my gosh. You, <laughs> they, it, I just think that's so cool. <laughs> when you're like, whoa. <laughs> well, you know, it's it, like I said, it's just kind of different. Um, you know, compared to some of the other tools that I've used, but um, you know, when a lot of people take cigarettes to a prison or, or um, whiskey or, or what have you, um, just trying to, and, and that's what I try to do when I go to these different places, is trying to think outside the box as far as, you know, where am I at? What could these people like? You know, and I also think of it as in, you know, I'm, I'm very respectful wherever I go and you know and typically that's what you do when you go to somebody's house is you bring them a gift and so that's kind of the way I look at it that's a good way I never thought about it like that before like that's yeah. an awesome um that just changed my whole perception of things I always get like gun shy not gun shy what's it called when you um like you see, uh, it's not stage fright, but like you meet a famous person, like tongue tied. I'm just like, I go, if like, like when I get in somewhere, I'm like, uh, like I never know what to ask. It's so awkward. Like, like if I could write the ghost a letter, I'd be fine. But if I have to talk, I'm like, ooh. Well, try sitting, try sitting in a room by yourself with a porn magazine showing it to midair, just sitting there showing it, you know, that it creates a, a very weird. <laughs> <laughs> and story time with porn exactly, exactly. so 
um, you know, like I said, I wouldn't typically just do that anywhere, but at that location, it seemed like something interesting to try. And I've actually tried that at a couple other prisons and have had, I mean, I've had my K2 meters go kind of crazy with it, but, uh, you know, it's, it's definitely a different, you know, type of, uh, way to, you know, try to evoke a response. And, uh, <laughs> but I, I know exactly what you mean. Sometimes it's really hard to, especially if you're, if you've not got a group of people with you, you know, having that conversation, you know, usually it's either just me or just myself. And sometimes I film vlog style with just myself and other times I have my videographer with me and so he's not a paranormal investigator so it's one of those things where I'm sitting there I feel like I'm just talking to myself sometimes you know and um, you just never know what you're gonna get so it feels kind of odd when there's nobody talking back to you sometimes oh yeah and is it hard to do set up and all that stuff when you're just you or do you just uh, kind of ma manage it differently than? I do manage it differently because, you know, because I am on my motorcycle, I tend to travel light. And I am also an old school investigator. Um, I, a lot of what I get comes from EVP of just sitting and talking. Um, you know, I've got a um, military drop bag that I will carry with me that's, that I keep some of my... Um, favorite tools with me. You know, like I said, I've always got a mobile recorder on me. And then I have other static recorders where if I'm in a large location, I'll drop those in, you know, places where I think there could be activity. And then I've got some cameras that are um, battery operated that are not vision that I will also drop with a recorder. And um, that way, if I can't be there, at least the area is monitored. And that's why a lot of the time I do a lot of the smaller places because, um, you know, if, if when they're smaller, I can cover them better. But I've kind of worked out a system to where if, if I'm in a larger location and I'm not collaborating, um, I have ways of hitting these other areas when I maybe can't be there. So I've gotten pretty creative with setup and, and tear down with just being me. Um, I, I kind of have to modify from the way it was when I had a team. I don't, you know, a lot of them have the, um, cabled cameras yeah. with, and, and, you know, and that takes an hour of your time and, uh, you know, just set up and tear down. But I've, I've created some kits that kind of help me to, uh, yeah, tear down and set up a lot quicker. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. Oh, I was wondering about that because I think uh, Christy brought that up too, that they have the body cams and the battery operator. I'm like, that's so smart. Like, yeah, yeah. That's and, and you know, for you. <laughs> yeah, it, thank you. <laughs> you know, I've not, um, I, I did use a body camera one time and I had, I had gotten this great body camera and I was investigating at the St. Augustine Lighthouse and I had just got it hooked up on me and I was going to the very top to um, drop off, you know, some equipment up at the very top of the lighthouse. And I think it's like 96 steps or something like that. And the damn thing fell off my shirt and fell all the way to the bottom of the lighthouse. No. 
no. Yes, and it was a gift for oh. me. And yeah. <laughs> so. Oh yeah. no, I've done that. I had gotten a new uh, little, you know, hand. It was actually my very first one. It was I was so excited, and it wasn't even well, sort of for you know, I was gonna tape some hot John stuff, but not in an investigation, and. I, I got mad or something. I didn't realize it was in the little carrying bag. And I threw, I mean, if you can imagine, sometimes they have a very bad temper. And <laughs> I threw the bag and right right as I picked oh. it up to swing, I was like, it's not empty. And then it crashed against the water. Oh, oh, oh. And I, so that taught me I need to control my anger. <laughs> yeah, you know, I, I've not, I do wear a GoPro every now and then. <laughs> But with with my investigating style, I tend to do something that is, um, you know, more of, and, and you'll see this in my episodes, I tend to do something where I um, kind of immerse the people into this, the, the situation, you know, with, with Soul Sisters, you know, they're, they're wearing the body camera, but either, like I said, I either have my videographer following me or um, kind of filming myself, it's really kind of almost like it's it's on me, I guess, and showing a lot of the experiments rather than showing from my point of view, I guess. Oh, it's it's okay. almost like, yeah, being filmed, I guess, in second person rather than uh, first person. Yeah, and I noticed that, which kind of like right now, as you're saying, it clicked something when I was watching. I was like, sometimes... It seems like someone's with you when, when I'm watching, and then sometimes it is you. So I was, I was a little confused, but now it all, and then I didn't even think about it till you just said something. I'm like, oh, that explains that. <laughs> yeah, we actually set it up to be more of a uh, investigation style where um, it was going to be vlog style. And, and he originally said, you know, I'm going to help you film the shots that you can't get, like the ones on the motorcycle and that sort of thing, and set me up to do it more vlog style. However, um, he, um, the way we did that was he, when we went on the first investigation, he followed me and filmed. And like I said, he's not an investigator. And when things started happening with the dousing rods and with, uh, the other tools he was just like oh my gosh you know and and he you know and you when you see that stuff happen for the first time you kind of um it's you maybe can't control yourself as in just like oh my gosh and then he realized you know i'm not supposed to say anything and uh we were gonna cut <laughs> that out but i was like no i actually like that you know because by doing it this way he essentially becomes the audience and so i feel like that they're able to really identify smart. with him yeah because he's not an investigator that's super so, smart yeah oh my so, so we kept that in and he's been with me the last two seasons um uh, like i said sometimes he films with me and sometimes he doesn't but um for the most part on the big episodes he's been with me that is so smart Okay, so that's amazing. And and I just noticed the time and I was like, uh, I, I've been talking to you for almost an hour and I'm like, the whole attention span. But see, you've had my attention for the whole good, hour. Good. But then I was like, well, maybe I should like end this here. Oh, so you're, you're fine. You're fine. <laughs> then, I know I, what I was going to say was we're actually changing something 
are adding something this year with uh, doing more blogs because through my um, uh, through my uh, surveys and stuff I've had a lot of people that um, want to see more of the motorcycle and see more of the travel so um, starting probably next month um, I'm going to be having um, vlogs um, of my travel you know they may or may not be haunted but they're at least going to have an interesting story behind the different places so um, so I've been chronicling those and um, you know like I said some may actually have a haunted thing but they they're just going to be more short motorcycle ride of vlogs that's going to kind of go along with the uh, actual investigations so oh, so cool so that's something for people to look for and to find to watch that will that be on the YouTube and the Facebook it will YouTube Facebook and also on the website okay and so from the website can they find I'm hoping there's links to YouTube there and is Facebook there is and yeah Instagram there's, and mm -hmm. the videos are are actually displayed on the website awesome yeah, but they can go to YouTube. So anyone can find me if they just go look up Ghost Biker Explorations. Oh, yeah, you pop either. right up. Like yeah. That. <laughs> yeah. So, and, and that was actually, you know, because originally it was going to be called Ghost Rider. Um, oh. Yeah, what, me and one of my friends were kind of joking around because I was riding my motorcycle to an investigation. And I said, yeah, just call me Ghost Rider after, you know, the movie. Oh. And so... Um, we were kind of joking about it and she was like, you know, I would, I would watch that if that was a show. And so, um, so we kind of were kicking it back and forth. And so I was going to call it ghost rider explorations, but I didn't want to get lost in the fray of the movie, you know? So when people go to search for it, I wanted, I, I wanted to Fresh. be number one. Exactly. Yeah. So, um, so that's why I went with the ghost biker and it just made more sense to go with ghost biker too and be, be original. Yeah. That's <laughs> awesome. You're kicking ass. I love it. <laughs> Thank you. Oh and my gosh. So now you've got a new fan in me and then I'm going to set you up somehow with Sarah and Dee Dee. If you would want to come talk with oh, all of absolutely. us. I would love to. That would be fantastic. Oh, okay. And then to. I would love to get you and you call her Dr. Sumner, though, right? I, I do when I'm referring to her, but, yeah, she's Christy. Okay. <laughs> so both of you, I would like yes. to, you know, come back and talk. And I think you guys are doing some joint stuff. We are. We yes. Are. So, uh, so Christy and I have worked on uh, several projects together that uh, we've released. And um, we've got several more. She's, um, you know, we just found we have a really great chemistry when it comes to investigating. So I'm just, I'm so excited to have met her and just pleased that she's allowed me to be part of her stuff. That's awesome. And you guys seem to work very well together. So that's exciting. Well, I'm glad that shows because we, we do. And, and, you know, I'm really particular about who I will put myself in different situations, you know, especially in investigating and such. And uh, <clears throat> she's one of them that, you know, I just trust wholeheartedly. And we have a very similar style with investigating. And so, yeah, it just works out great. That's awesome. It's awesome to find a kindred spirit where 
Absolutely. Like wherever you can find the kindred spirits. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. And fortunately, it's been through the paranormal that I've, you know, found and met some great people, you know, yourself. And, and uh, you know, it, it just seems like I've listened to your haunt jaunts, um, or not haunt jaunts, but uh, a haunt mess oh, podcast. <laughs> and, you know, you guys just seem to have a great chemistry, you know, yourself. So I just, I think that's awesome. We have something. I don't know what. <laughs> we are crazy, but we have a lot of fun, so. <laughs> oh, you can tell. You can tell. That's awesome. That's why we want you on. It'll be a hoot. <laughs> oh, it absolutely will. Okay, so, well, I will thank you now for your time and remind everybody, Ghost Biker Explorations. You'll yes. find you. Yes, please, you know, go on to uh, Ghost Biker Explorations Facebook uh, YouTube or my website at ghostbikerexplorations.com or they can go and find me on Instagram at uh, under runaway vixen. That's it. I remember yeah. the vixen but I couldn't remember. I was like it doesn't have biker in it but it has vixen. I remember. I was like that's a cool name. Yeah it's actually comprised of two of my favorite bands the runaways and vixen and so uh, yeah so <laughs> that was kind of weird you know, that came from, and um, it was me and a couple other girls that ride. We were kind of having some fun coming up with some names, and I was like, yeah, that's what I'll go by. And so I used that as my Instagram handle and had that long before Ghost Bikers. So, uh, oh, I yeah. love it. <laughs> that's cool. <laughs> well, thank you. Okay, so, well, thank you again, and I hope you have a great evening and I don't know when this will drop, but I'm sure everybody's going to like it when they do, and I'll tell you. I'll, you know, okay. We can do all the promoing. Well, hopefully <laughs> Get your I marketing wasn't... mind going. <laughs> well, hopefully I wasn't on, you know, all over the spectrum. I tend to, you know. <laughs> no, no, not at all. I made you probably focus a lot on Brushy, but it's okay. No, that's, that's actually great because Brushy is one of my favorite places to investigate. And I, I just think that's so cool that, you know, you uh, heard that story from them. And, uh, and it's you. Yeah. What? That's yeah, because, what? you know, we did, uh, I, was, I was really lucky to work with um, Harley Davidson, the, the local one in Chattanooga, approached me about doing an event with, with their location. And so um, we actually did a red carpet early release party of season two uh, there at the Harley shop. And so we had it set up like a whole, uh, I had my merchandise there and had the bike and had red carpet. And so we actually, and we had a band. Um, wow. Yeah, it was like, it, I think it ran from like 11 until three. And so at one o'clock, we had everyone come in and they actually dropped uh, episode one, which was brushy, and um, dropped that. We showed it there at the dealership and then I did a Q&A after the session talking about it. And so that location was really cool because there's a road called the Devil's Triangle that runs up the hill from Brushy. So you may have seen it when you're going to Brushy. You know, you go straight onto the road at Brushy, but there's a road that kind of curves up okay. the mountain. Okay, well, that's the Devil's Triangle. Oh. And it's a very dangerous um, 
very dangerous historical road. And so whenever I covered, when I did the episode, which, which you'll see on the episode there, um, I talk about, you know, kind of, I kind of parallel the, um, you know, not really knowing what's around each curve and just how dangerous the road is to the prisoners, you know, not really knowing what's going on around each, you know, corner whenever, you know, cause it was just a daily struggle to survive at that location. And so, um, you know, in that area is based on coal mining towns or coal mining towns and the coal mines. And so the whole area of the Devil's Triangle, um, those folks that live on there have, you know, worked in the mines and as the mines shut down, you know, their jobs went elsewhere. And there's, there's even a whole town there. I think it's Fraytersville. Um, that's up there on the triangle where um, there was a mine explosion and it killed all of the men in that little town except for three guys. So, you know, there's just a lot of history just in that entire wow. area. Yeah, so, you know, so I talked about some of that um, because that's sort of how uh, Brushy came about was because of the coal mines and the leasing of the prisoners. So, you know, we try to cover all of that sort of thing in the episodes and, uh, and then go into the paranormal, um, you know, and, and as to why we're there. So uh, it's just a real cool area. And so I'm, I'm happy to have talked about it. That's fascinating. It makes and, me want to go back now. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's good, you know. So, and that's, that's what I want. That's kind of the goal of my show and you're and you're welcome to use you know any of this in in your podcast is I, I think you're still recording aren't you or yeah okay good <laughs> um but uh yeah that's what's really the goal of of my episodes are being able to go in and bring awareness to people about areas that they may not have ever heard of before or didn't really realize just how beautiful it is to say, hey, you know, take a trip to this location. You're gonna, here's something you may not know about it. And we're going to see if maybe it's haunted, you know. So, so yeah, that's, that's my goal. I love it. I love it. You've been listening to Haunt John's a podcast for restless spirits. My name is Courtney Maroc, and it's been my pleasure to be your host and guide for this journey. I snagged the music, Phantom from Space, from Kevin McLeod at Incompetech. If you'd like to continue exploring beyond the podcast, jaunt with me online anytime at hauntjaunts.net. Or if you liked what you heard, be sure to subscribe to Haunt Jaunts wherever you get your podcasts from. You can also jaunt with me socially on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, and Twitter. You'll find links to all of Haunt Jaunts' social media on the website, as well as a player on the podcast page with all of the episodes. Thank you so much for tuning in. Until our paths cross again, ciao for now.